Good morning, everyone. Happy feast day today. I know, you never know whether to respond or not. It's, it's awkward. Okay, um, today, one quick note on our text before we jump into main topic today. Uh, God always wants to do new things. He is always faithful to his promises, but he usually is faithful in a way that surprises us. He will be faithful in your life, but oftentimes what he's going to do is he's going to fulfill his promise to you in a way you never expected. Um, and today we have an example of that. So if, if you read the readings ahead of time this week, our first reading is from Isaiah chapter 60. And Isaiah 60 is all about how the light of the world is that God's light shines on Israel, and that light, the light in Israel will become the light to the nations, to the whole world, which is the main theme of Epiphany. Our psalm today, Psalm 72, is about how the Messiah, the entire world, belongs to the Messiah. That's what Psalm 72 is all about. And today, and then the, the Magi today come, uh, kind of emblematic of that, as they bring the gifts from foreign lands and tribute to the king of the whole world. But in Isaiah 60, it's an amazing prophecy of that happening. And it says, the day that that light shines out in the earth, the nations will bring gold and frankincense. But it doesn't say myrrh. And I love this. In Isaiah 60, gold, and traditionally the church has always understood that those three gifts tell us about who Christ is. The gold is because he's a king, the frankincense because he's God, but no one saw the myrrh coming. Isaiah, in the vision he's given of this future moment, doesn't see myrrh. Right? And myrrh, of course, is what Jesus will be embalmed with in John chapter 19 for his burial. I love that. God always fulfills his promises, but no one knew that the Messiah would come and he would lay down his life for us. And so today in Matthew chapter 2, for the early Christians, right, when they saw the myrrh, that should have been a surprise. Amazing thing. Okay, so today, jumping into our main topic today, we're at, we had year end and we're at the beginning of a new year. The church has this law, and what I want to talk to you about, I want to talk about an examination of conscience, right? The church has this long-standing practice. I don't know if you do this, but when you go to bed at night, before you go to bed, you should look back at your day, and you should say, what are the great blessings God gave me today, and thank Him for the things He gave you? And then it's a chance to say, where did I sin today? And to ask His mercy. Right? We look back at our lives. If you don't examine your life, it's very easy to deceive yourself. Right? You, you become one of those people who's like, man, I really am pretty good. <laughs> you know? And then if you actually look back at your day, you're like, oh, that was pretty rough. So that's examination. And then we look forward to the new year, and right now everyone's making resolutions. And I want to talk to you as a Christian today about looking back at the past year and looking forward to the new year. 
So when you do that examination of conscience, one of the things that we do is if there's something that needs to come to confession, we kind of mark that. And so it's a time to look back and to confess to God in that year end, to look back at our past year and what are the sins that I really need to bring to God. One of my, my favorite story about confession, of course, my first confession, you probably heard me tell about this. My first confession, when you're a little kid, right, the rule about sin, the definition of sin is anything mom told me not to do, right? And mothers are like, amen, right? <laughs> and so I thought, that's what I thought sin was. If the priest asked me, what's the definition of sin? It's whatever my mom tells me not to do. So my most serious sin in my first confession was picking at my scab. And the priest started to laugh, and I didn't know why. And I was like, take this seriously. Mom said don't pick your scabs, right? Here's a sin I want you to think about today as you look back at your past year. And this is what our readings, I think, it's one of the things our readings show us. One of the things our readings show us is that Herod is making everything about him. And I want to challenge you today to look back at 2020 and to ask yourself if you have been making life about you. C.S. Lewis one time, there's a, there's a famous moment. He was going around England giving talks and he went to a, um, a factory. Can you imagine that today if you have a Christian apologist come to a factory and everyone stops and they could just ask him questions about anything. And one of the questions, I think the question was meant to be a softball, but someone in the audience asked C.S. Lewis, they said, which religion will make me the happiest? And everyone, of course, expects him to say, well, here's why Christianity will make you happy. But he didn't. Lewis immediately said, the religion that will make you the most happy is self-worship. The religion that will make you the happiest is self-worship. Herod, if you read our gospel today, we know a little bit about Herod from the ancient world. He's one of the most famous figures from the first century. Herod was an egomaniac. He was the greatest builder of the first century. He built great cities. There's a the, the biggest city he built was Caesarea Maritima. It's in the north of Israel, and he built it as a way of paying tribute to Caesar. And it was a massive center of trade and wealth uh, in the ancient Near East. He built cities. He was building the temple. He built fortresses. Herod built, he built his palace. He was a big builder. But at the center of his life was himself. And there's an irony today. There's a massive irony. Herod is threatened today by the birth of Christ. Because Christ threatens his kingdom. One of, one of my favorite authors says this about Herod. He says, Herod is the prototype of those who spend time, energy, and talents in protecting their illusions. Listen to that again. Herod is the prototype of those who spend time, 
energy and talents in protecting their illusions. Here's the big illusion, the thing that all of us have whispered in our ear is that your life is about you. Did you spend 2020 building your own kingdom? Priests, by the way, are usually like the most guilty of this. But that's subtle. Brothers and sisters, N.T. Wright says this. N.T. Wright says, for most of us, and probably every one of us, to be a Christian means we have to go through a Copernican revolution. Copernicus, right, is, is the astronomer who discovers that the sun does not go around the earth, but the earth goes around the sun. And all of us are prone to say, you know what life's about? Life's about me. And God, you know what? You're supposed to revolve around my life. Why did you not make me more happy this year? Why didn't you make everyone else realize what a big deal I am? Why didn't you fix my problems? And in that way, right, subtly, it's easy for us to make the sun go around the earth. Today, brothers and sisters, look at that this past year. In 2020, did you live that way? And in 2021, can you go through that revolution where you stop making the sun revolve around you, but you turn your life to know that Jesus is what life is about? Lord, may my life, may it be directed to you. May you strip me of that illusion that I am the center of everything. Love that. This author goes on, he says, Herod furthermore assumes that the whole world serves him. And he tries to conscript into the service of his petty kingship those looking to adore the king of the universe. Right, when the Magi come, they come to Herod first, and Herod manipulates them as if they are there to serve him. Remember my, that old term, spiritual sanguines? Are you a spiritual sanguine? Enough about me, what do you think about me? It's so easy. It's so subtle. But there is a joy in us turning away from that. Right? In us learning that we're not the center of things. It's the irony of the Christian life is that when we turn to Christ, we actually find happiness and joy. It's always better to serve something greater than yourself. So Herod is building his own kingdom. And here's the irony today. The irony, think about this. Jesus' main topic and the reason he comes into this world is to bring the kingdom of God. If Herod, the, the, the tragedy of Herod, the tragedy is that Herod thought he was fighting for better things and he was fighting for something that didn't even matter. As much power as Herod had, it would last only a short time. He's dead 
no one even thinks about him anymore except for the fact that he played a role in the life of Christ. That's it. And if he would have just surrendered his kingdom, he would have gained his kingdom. And that's what the Magi do today. The Magi risked something, right? Coming from the east, they bring their treasures, they left their homeland, they don't know where they're going, they risk something and they leave their kingdoms and they lay them at the feet of Christ. Matthew, I hope you heard this, Matthew repeats himself a bunch today in Matthew 2, verse 10. It says, When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. When's the last time you did that? When is the last time that you didn't just have a good day? You didn't just feel at peace? But when's the last time you rejoiced exceedingly with great joy? I think that only happens for those who seek. Those who seek are the ones who can find something. They're the ones who can, who can discover something greater than themselves. And I love that. So the, the wise men today, they leave behind their kingdoms. Brothers and sisters, your New Year's resolution, your New Year's resolution, I know you probably have a good one. I don't know. Usually it's like drink less, exercise more. I don't know, save money, pay off debt, whatever it might be. Those are all good things. There's nothing wrong with them. Your New Year's resolution should be to surrender your kingdom. To stop building life around you and for you. Don't be Herod this year. Be one of the Magi. Don't build everything for yourself, but turn it towards Jesus. I promise you, if you do that, your year will be better you'll find that joy that they found. To Jesus today, Lord, give us that grace to go through the Copernican revolution. Jesus, strip me of my pride, of my egoism, that I would stop pretending that you are there just to serve me. Lord, may I, may I leave behind my own kingdom that I might enter yours.